Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. And you're listening to the Ask Brian radio show every single week, like clockwork, every time from 1 to 2 p.m. every Thursday, Pacific Standard Time. You can listen to the Ask Brian radio show. And we've been now on for over five and a half years, long, long time. Quite a few people have been on the show, quite a few engineers, co-hosts, etc. And we're just happy to still be on. Every time, though, people that have never been on the show, they don't know what Ask Brian is all about. So we go a little bit of a shtick about what it's all about. So Ask Brian is spelled A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N and is at askbrian.com. If you want to take a look at the site, check it out, find out what's going on there. Also, want to let you know we are now offering once a month, we're going to offer people the opportunity through Ask Brian. If they want to appear on the show, we're going to be offering that shortly. So if somebody's interested in being on a show one time, we can. We have about 800 guests already lined up, but we're going to try to help out the audience and try to get some more people involved. So Ask Brian, which is spelled with an E every single week, people say, why would you spell Brian with an E? Are you Irish? No. Patrick is, but I'm not. I am. Uh, That's right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That could be a reason, but usually it's O'Brien. And O with the apostrophe. And then the other thing is, we came up with a whole list of reasons why Brian is spelled with an E, not just because Brian, B-R-I-A-N and B-R-Y-N was an unavailable domain when we started the company over six years ago, but also because E has a lot of significance. E has a lot of significance associated with the website and with this show. And sometimes we even banter with our engineer, which also starts with an E. And he will go over and help us out. Now, unfortunately today, our dear engineer, Emily, tears coming down my eye, is on a elbow. <laughs> no tears are coming down Emily's eyes. She's a spring break. Hey, that wasn't very empathetic. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily's probably not feeling any empathetic empathy for missing the show either. She's uh, partying down on... Spring break in Miami somewhere. We may never get her How back. How do we know she's in Miami? She could be in Palm Springs. She'd be anywhere. Did she tell you where she's going? Anyway. No, it just sounded, it just sounded good. <laughs> in the old days, it was Fort Lauderdale. So, Patrick, hey, why? What is the significance of the letter E in Ask Brian? Well, the E stands for a lot of, you know, words and themes kind of uh, that, you know, make up the Ask Brian show. One of them was, of course, like, you know, engineer, because that'd be me, slash Emily, slash even Carlos. And uh, slash uh, automated uh, system. That is AI. That doesn't start with an E at all, so no. It starts nope. with automated. Well, that's what we're going to have pretty soon. You know that. I've been saying that for two years. <laughs> well, eventually, eventually, if you repeat something, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> right. Enough so. already with a capital E. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. That starts with an A, though. But You're doing a lot of greeds. Agreed. <laughs> AI. Oh, boy. Uh, the other E was also Emily, but Emily's not here, so wah, wah, sorry. Well, don't you have a button there? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I can, I, I'm, oh, I'm, no! I'm, I am a living sound effect. I can do it. 
outside of that, their E is also for uh, well, empathy. You said empathy, like as in, you know. What does that mean? Empathy, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Yes, but we already went over that. You wear size 16, I wear size 8. I'm That's actually a- 13, but, so but thank you. I don't think you could fit in my shoes. Probably not, but hey, at least we tried. <laughs> at least we tried. That's the thing. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, outside of that, there is uh, education's one of the new ones because we're very educated on the Esperanto. We like to uh, educate people as well. What does that mean? Well, to educate, to teach people new things. Well, open uh, their and our experts are high, and our experts are experts. E experts are highly educated and provide good education. To our listeners. Ayo, Don't use go. expert and expert. That's like, uh, you know, <laughs> defining a word in the same word. Well, education is education. I said expert, and I reiterated that expert started with an E. I didn't purposefully use it redundantly <laughs> like a duplicate typo or something. <laughs> like a carbon copy? I got you, Tracy. I got you. But she said experts, and well, she covered that one. <laughs> and then I will also say that my most favorite is electrifying. <laughs> and where is that from? I know it's from. Well, that's from the Greek. That's from Greece. That's right. Grease, grease I lightning. Just, electrifying. I, just like, <laughs> I like to work it into a sentence whenever possible. <laughs> I, I'm electrifying. Is that, a, is that a criminal sentence or a regular grammatical <laughs> sentence? <laughs> no, it's just I like to say the word because I have high energy. I'm very energetic, so I like to use the word electrifying whenever possible and appropriate. <laughs> well, ELO was ele- Electric Light Orchestra, right? So they, they have an E. All right, so what other reasons? Well, there is also, well, with electrifying, there's some synonymous words such as enthusiasm and excitement yeah. uh, <laughs> that's an yeah, o that's that not an one. E. that's an o not and an then e. there, oh. there's also experience okay. and we have a lot of experience we very much do we very much do <laughs> anything else and let's see we got enthusiasm excitement enth- uh, I already said experience empathy <laughs> Experts. Patty's, I think Patty's I'm running out. out of experience of doing this. <laughs> like, haven't I given you enough already? <laughs> I, I got nothing. It's it's been well, rusty. Wait, hold on. Oh, oh, energy, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos with the slam dunk. He alley ooped a slam dunk. He Thank you, Carlos. You, Patrick's with okay. slam. No, no offense, Carlos, but I already said energetic. Just saying, I'm just, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm not Whoa. showing on empathy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our. Esteemed owner. Owner, owner manager. <laughs> she says oh, that oh, I wasn't well, screaming enough. Maybe I should have been a little bit more empathetic. <laughs> and, and, and maybe I need to you know, go back to the Sam Kinsey and uh, the screamer profile. So anyway, without any further ado, Patrick. A-D-I-E-U. And why do I like that word? Because every single letter minus the D is a vowel. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Patty. Like Poor Patty. I know you like it when I say it like that, too, Tracy. Like I know a train you. It's, just, it's just like, I'm so sad that it's I have defeated. to say it. Sad is with an S, not an E. Anyway, unless, and not even sadistic. Anyway, I don't know why that word came out. But here we are. We have a guest, and he's like going, what did I get myself into? I'm going to have to have a conversation with Tracy. But anyway, we're back. We're live. And we have a very, very good guest. So, first of all. Tracy, why don't you introduce him since he's you've known him for a long time? <laughs> yeah, thank you for that curveball. Um, 
<laughs> okay, so I'm going to throw the curveball back to Jay. So, hey, Jay, welcome to our show. Will you take an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us all about where you are in your entrepreneur journey? Take that, Peter. <laughs> and is it Jay or Elijah? Go ahead. <laughs> no, it is uh, Jay. Jay. Sometimes people call me Jay. But I'm definitely thrilled to be here, and I, I have known Tracy for maybe what is it? Maybe 365 days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought it was years, but go ahead. <laughs> but, we, go, but, we go way back. We go way, way back. <laughs> but I, you guys are in luck because I'm actually part Irish. Oh, wow. uh, my great grandfather, he was Irish. My grandmother was English. So I think I'm Irish. So. Oh, wow. That could be interesting. Cause I like with, it. With Northern Ireland and England, let's not go political here, but that could be an interesting conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely straddle those two worlds. I'm also a lawyer based out in California. So to hear, but who knows? Uh, I'm actually shocked and a little bit nervous to hear there might be another lawyer on the line. I've never done an interview or anything like that with another lawyer. <laughs> so this will be a new one. <laughs> Just a like- new experience. Yeah, think of it as a opposing counsel. Opposing counsel, you know. <laughs> so, uh, your background—have you done anything besides law prior to your current entrepreneurial endeavor? Not really. Before I went straight into law school, but if anything, media has kind of been my very serious hobby. I love love filmmaking, even in school. And then my wife and I, uh, after I quit my corporate job, went and toured the country filming a documentary on mental health. And I can't find an E in there, but we explored the country together and got a whole bunch of amazing experiences from people, testimonies, changed my life. So I'm happy to talk about even that and how that changed the way I practice law. Well, before we go any any further, you know, the word mental and health both have E's in them. It's M-E-N-T-A-L, and it's health, Health. H-E-A-L-T-H. But that's just the lawyer. Oh, good Lord. That's the lawyer. No one cares. There were no E's. I said no E's. I think people are more interested in the idea that you are a lawyer and you did a documentary. I would love to hear you share about that experience. But before we do that, let's let's go over the current business that you have. So what is the name of your current business that you have? Jay Razook, attorney at law. So those are by my name. Like, I like the personal touch. But I thought you also have a product or a service that you're offering. So I also have a legal coaching business where provide legal templates to coaches, experts, people like that, and that is ProScale Legal. Okay, so for ProScale Legal, when did you start that company? Started as ProScale Legal back in May of last year, so we haven't even hit a year yet. And do you have uh, clients and customers through that? We do. We've had a lot of remarkable coaches and people in that space who are really like growing their businesses and want to get that solid legal foundation in place. And is this an online business or outside online? Do it all online. I love the new brave world of the internet. So explain to me how this works. So somebody sees an ad for the company, all right, and they're a coach or they're a consultant. And so they call you or contact you. And then uh, what types of products and services are you offering them? So we have like a legal template package where uh, like think of the core agreements that you're going to use in your day-to-day business as like a coach or, or service provider, like you're a, an agreement for your clients, an agreement you would use with your independent contractors, affiliate agreements, communications if you're going to email somebody, like to resolve a dispute, 
help understanding intellectual property, what's your trademark, how do you get that, things of that nature. Basically, the package that you would need. Because I find, even as an attorney, I'm dealing 80% of the time with the same things. And it doesn't make sense for everybody paying me hourly to do that sort of thing. So I really love what coaching can bring, where I can take the one-to-many model and deliver better quality product. I could spend, and I did, I put in over like 150 hours just in my client agreement. Nobody would ever pay me $40,000 to draft an agreement that's that good. And then you'll just keep expanding, expanding more and more for people. It, it, I really become a big believer in templates, and I think this is the future for law. Like, this is really going to be the direction where maybe you have someone who's providing your template, and then you have that attorney who sort of like tailors the suit to fit you the rest of the way. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do because I'm a lawyer. So how do you make this these agreements not part of your legal practice? In other words, how are people buying mm-hmm. this product? Because once you tailor to somebody, you know that's the practice of law. So how do you get around that? Well, that's the thing. Is just, I, I can't do that last bit of tailoring. So I can become a, you know, we can't normally say attorneys are expert, but, you know, I could devote a lot of experience to really get to know an industry like coaching and uh, get to understand their needs and then create a template that should fit the purposes fairly well. And then, you know, I could put it within a template. In this situation, maybe you want to consider this. In that situa- situation, maybe you want to consider this alternative language. And then they would work with the attorney to, to sort of finalize the last bit of it. And most attorneys, let's say, might not know the health space. And then if you're someone or, or coaching space, and they might be... Uh, you know, for example, in Kentucky or these other states, it's really hard to find business lawyers, period. And so even having that template would help that lawyer help the client get to the last bit of the mile and finish that template. So why can't people go to... So there's two, two things I'm looking at. One is there's companies like U.S. Legal Forms and companies like that where mm-hmm. people can buy legal forms off the internet. Why can't people... Just, what's the difference between you and them? A bit more touch interaction... Not like, you know, one-on-one advice, but they can ask questions. We can provide general information. Uh, you know, we, we have free speech in America. We're protected by the First Amendment. We can provide information to people. Of course, use, for example, the analogy of tour guides. You know, you can't regulate a tour guide to prevent a tour guide from pointing out, oh, see, this is that building over there. Let me tell the history of this one over over here. So it's sort of the same concept. So... I can give information to people. And as I mentioned, 80% of the time, normally, people just need the same information. It doesn't make sense for them to be paying that hourly. And the Supreme Court has upheld templates and saying this is not the practice of law. So if I'm a business owner and I'm trying to save money, what's to stop me from going to either Google, okay, is one option, or two, going to a website like, uh, I don't know, I guess I go to Google, Google.com, right, and I see the bottom they have legal terms and so I need to get terms of service why can't I just copy that and just use that as my template the problem with those is that they're really targeted just to the masses like anybody and everybody and especially people at lower price points and so if you're just starting off you can't afford an attorney like the DIY side I mean that's you know that's the best you could do and when I have looked at the templates from like rocket lawyer legal zoom to these places they're decent, like, you know, for what they are, I, I'm generally impressed. But there's this extra component that's missing. And what happens is 
LegalZoom will hand, and these other companies will hand a bunch of instructions. And again, they could be really well-written instructions, and it's not their fault, but the people who purchase don't read them. It's just human nature. Nobody wants to sit there and read all of that. So this is where coaching comes in, and coaching is really about motivation and connection, you know, support, and to encourage people then to really, okay, let's take action. Let's get this done. What do you need to get this breakthrough and get to the point you want to be at? And that's also something that even lawyers tend not to engage in when they're helping their clients. You know, they're being paid hourly. The client just wants a document. Here, gone, boom, they're done. And they don't want to get the extra information that'll help them really understand it and apply it and use it. So, so what what business model are you using? Are you using a paper document? Are you using a subscription model? What's your model? There's different options. One could be purchase the document itself uh, on a one-on-one, or, or we sort of package them. Like the client agreement, we have the client agreement, refund policy, and a bunch of other things all in one option. Or you can subscribe to a whole package that will have all the templates. Right now, we're offering it on a lifetime membership basis. And plus, you could get like a join a mastermind where we will then provide the extra interactions, group coaching, inspiration, updates, things like that. So explain to me what a mastermind is. Mastermind is, uh, people use the term very loosely often, but it's this idea of very motivated people coming together, networking, working together to better themselves and their businesses. Okay. And how often do you have these masterminds? Just getting this one up and running. So that one is to be determined. What's your, Depending what, on the flexibility of the people. Yeah. What's the frequency you expect in the next 12 months or next couple of years on having masterminds? I expect to meet once a month because I'm targeting people who are really busy, like the people at the seven-figure range of their businesses. And so they're really busy. They don't want to spend a lot of time. So I want to be lots of value, like one block of hour, one hour a day of the month. So if that makes sense. So we're going to be flexible. That's the thing about coaching is you don't want to just say, this is the way we're going to do it. You want to listen to your clients and continually adapt it to best fit their needs. And Tracy, you had some questions, so you can go. Yes, so curious about the documentary, but one of the things that I happen to know because we have have had the opportunity to meet each other and get to know each other around your professional services and what you're doing with coaches and consultants and is that this really is a mission driven business for you, right? Especially uh, the pro uh, scale legal is really a mission driven business for you and one of the things that I've enjoyed about getting to know you is that you are really a mission-centered, purpose-centered attorney, which quite honestly, a lot of people would consider to be um, an oxymoron. So I wanted you to share about your journey to your heart-centered approach to attorney work with your clients. Sure. Wow. That's a great question. It definitely has been a journey and it, it began back when I was what I call the corporate job. I was working at a boutique law firm and we would, on behalf of shareholders, come in and try to fix the mega corporations. I mean, you think of the biggest people in the Fortune 500, even Fortune 10, when a scandal would break out, you read about it in Wall Street Journal, billions of dollars lost at a company. We would try to come in, try to hold those people accountable and then all the officers, directors accountable and then try to fix the company, put in changes that would prevent that from occurring. And 
you know, I, I, I like the work of what we were doing, but it just, I came to realize just how ridiculously expensive and slow and uh, inefficient our legal system is. And our legal system is the way it is to have a lot of fairness, but at the end of the day, usually the only winner is the lawyers. And I had a big problem with that. And so I committed to really become that lawyer that would keep clients out of court. Not that I would tell them don't sue, but try to write contracts better so they don't end up in court. Advise them how to better resolve disputes when they rise so that they don't end up in court. All these sort of things. And that led me to, it was, it was a journey, even just up until last year. It wasn't until I, I met some people that really encouraged me to just embrace who I am and embrace this message that really it is okay to, in a sense, put love first. Make that your guiding principle. And that is the highest order law by which you would live. And when you understand that and you realize that the whole objective, that everything the law, the legal system is trying to do is get you to really treat people nicely and love them, but it can't force you to love them. But that's kind of where it wants you to go. Once you're loving people, you're mostly complying with the law. I mean, yeah, there's going to be all these nuances. You might not get disclosures and nuances like you should, but at the same time, when you're loving people and you have that relationship with them, the last thing they're going to think is that, well, I should get a lawyer to go through everything and find where my legal rights are being violated. It's only when they feel mistreated that they go and try to find a lawyer that will help them try to find some legal basis to get justification. And do you feel like the documentary that, I mean, was, I guess, even before the documentary, do you think that there was any particular moment in your life, personally or professionally, that caused you to pivot in this direction? Or was it just, you know, more of a lesson of what not to do being in such corporate nightmare situations, if you will? So one, one of my earliest clients was someone who was engaged in a dispute I made the dispute where the partners basically try to steal the company away from my client. And they left no other option but having to sue. So we we sued, and, you know, I think I did a great job litigating it. I positioned everything right. And then all of a sudden, the the client says, you know what, this is hurting not just my relationship with these people, but everybody around in our, our community. And it's going to be worth more to me to just settle and give them everything, walk away from this business and have a clean slate than to win in court. And this actually ended up being, I think, one of the wisest things I've ever seen anybody do. And the outcome of this has been very favorable for this client. And it seems like relationships end up being restored and, you know, they're making more money than ever before. But it took that courage to actually put relationships first. And that really got me thinking, like, wow, it is okay to not be that lawyer that says, you got to do, you got to, you know, get the most you can out of them. Sometimes the best thing for the client is to consider the relationships and these other ramifications that most lawyers don't value. Yeah, so then I could go into the documentary. And then, so where does the documentary fit in? When we were learning about what causes mental health, what restores health, there's this often reoccurring theme of relationships. And I really came to learn that so many, many mental health conditions trace back to some problems with the relationship. It could be a child is not able to get the nurturing and, and bonding and connection with the parents like they need. 
You know, and it might not be the parent's fault, but maybe the parent has emotional issues and, and not able to be there for the child. But then now the child is affected because of the lack of relationship or, you know, someone losing a loved one that was so close and dear to them. And that devastates them or being in a, a, an abusive relationship and the trauma that comes from that. I mean, you go on and on all the different ways that relationships can almost destroy a person's mind. And then we come to what heals them is really fascinating. When we're interviewing therapists and all, like, what's the best therapy? We heard again and again, there's these studies that show there's no one best therapy, but the common, most determinative factor on someone's recovery was how good of a relationship the patient had with the therapist. And so I really kind of believe that, you know, the relationships are so critical. And, and I say I, we were made to love and be loved. And when we are not receiving the love, that's when we, we fall apart. And when we are not loving, that's when we're destroying relationships and bringing trouble upon ourselves. And we have to just see the cycle of us giving and receiving love. And that's when we as humanity are at our best. And you've made a conscious decision to focus your business on entrepreneurs. Can you tell us what about working with entrepreneurs is your favorite thing, um, but also maybe some of the challenges that you experience as well? Uh, boy, I, I just, what really gets me about entrepreneurs is I just love the energy that you get where they just... A, a true entrepreneur, I feel like, just has all these ideas and often ADD. Oh, I want to do this, and then I want to do this, and I, I want to change the world this way and put out this product. And the struggle is i got to focus on one thing at a time. I, I just love that, just the raw potential that's there with entrepreneurs. And I'm, I'm kind of excited right now about the great resignation and hoping that we'll see this new trend of more and more people embracing entrepreneurship. I'm shocked that only like around 15% of America is self-employed. I would love to see a world yeah, where it's way higher. Yeah, that's a crazy low percentage. I wasn't even familiar with that, but I completely agree. And hopefully there people will be more, not even just inspired to start businesses, but encouraged and supported with services like what you provide and coaching programs that help entrepreneurs, which happens to be a, the common denominator that we share. But I also wanted to pivot for a second and talk about marketing strategy for you because, again, you are – coming from a corporate background and then you have a total shift in terms of not only creating an online business for your practice, but in addition to that, focusing on a niche of entrepreneurs that typically generate a lot of their revenues from online businesses. And you participate in an online program that helps coach entrepreneurs. Was that a conscious decision on your part to join that program as a marketing strategy or did the marketing and the connections with the entrepreneurs within the program based on those relationships be a good catalyst for you and your business. We obviously went in the program to, to learn a lot. There, there's so much we need to learn, but the main driver was to get the relationships. We saw a community of where we're going to be around the right people that would support us, we, and we could support and, and have these beautiful symbiotic relationships. And I'm just so thrilled that that is actually what did occur. And so uh, it, it's amazing to be in a position where, you know, people are referring to me, I'm referring people to them. You know, I help their business. They turn around and help my business. Like, in the sense of, you know, I do what I'm good at, I help them with that. And then what they're good at, they help me with that. And it's an experience I have never had in my life because I used to be in that working in that cubicle in the high rise building. And now to be engaging with people 
you know, where everybody individually is really shining and doing what they're great at. It's just an incredible experience. And this is, gets back to why I think so many people need to rethink whether they really want to be an employee and consider being self-employed. And when you can be self-employed, that's when you can really be the best in the world at what you want to do. And it's so liberating. And I think we have so many people at midlife crises because, you know, they have spent their whole life working in the cubicle, helping to grow somebody else's business. They have nothing to show for it. They have not building a legacy for themselves. They're not doing what they're, they're called to do in life. And I can only imagine what it'd be like to get to the age of 40 or 50 and come to that realization. So with, with that being said, and you said it so beautifully, what would be something that you would recommend if, if a listener right now is, is listening literally from their cubicle and they're just like, yes, Jay, I hear what you're saying. I want out. I want out of this cubicle. I want to join the Great Resignation. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to them since you did have such a, you have had a good professional experience in transitioning out of corporate into being your own entrepreneur within your legal practice? What are some suggestions, tips that you would give to someone who's wanting to take that leap? Start growing your business today, even before you quit your job. And I'm not talking about, you know, actually, you know, setting up your LLC and advertising it, but I'm talking about start now by figuring out how to message and communicate with your ideal clients. Start building relationships with those people. Start building relationships with the people you will need to uh, help you and, and grow with. So you have this solid foundation laid that once you quit your job, you can take off running. Because it does take a lot of time to really understand how to properly position and sell products. It is completely different. I have been learning so much this past couple of years how to really do that. You know, and then I started off making the, the big mistake of trying to be a generalist, be good at everything. And really, it, it's better for your sanity. It, you're more appealing when you focus on one narrow thing and you're the best in the world at that. So, you know, start figuring out what that one thing is. And so don't be in a rush, but rather than coming home, turning on the TV and becoming a zombie for the next two or three hours, invest the extra time you have to start building these skills, building your network and preparing for the day when you will step out on your own. That is such great advice. So you mentioned that you had struggled, or maybe struggled, you didn't use the word, but challenged by really honing and defining the messaging. That's actually something that we had a brief opportunity to talk about off the mic yesterday. Can you share in more detail, even funny, I think, didn't you mention that your father was actually a marketing professional? Tell us a little bit about how maybe you feel like the apple maybe didn't fall um, so far from the tree and some of the challenges that you found in, in creating the messaging for your new brand. Yeah, I mean, I definitely never imagined I would be kind of a marketer. I never imagined that. That was my dad's thing. My dad was professor of marketing and, and consulting and marketing. I mean, he was great at that. I learned lots of things. But now starting my business, just to do, I think, any business, just about anybody now needs to have these basic skills of selling and marketing. If people can't find you, if they don't know you exist, if they don't understand what you do, you're going to have a big gap between the people that are out there want what you do and yourself. And is bridging that gap, helping people find you and understand you is what, what really the marketing and selling is about. 
And it has changed so much. Uh, Tracy, you and I were talking about this right yesterday, where what my dad was teaching, what I was learning when I was going to business school, all these things barely apply nowadays. I mean, the high-level concepts are there. The principles are still right, but the way you go about, about it are so different now. Now you have to have understanding of how to communicate with people in with text messages, with instant messenger on uh, Facebook, all these things. You have to know how to work, navigate that and, and the, the protocols of not getting into Facebook jail. <laughs> you know, there's things I'm going to talk about that. You, there's all these new approaches and, and it's constantly ever changing, evolving. And what worked two years ago definitely might not work today. So it, it's a whole different environment. And I don't want to intimidate any, any people from doing it. This is if you want to be really good at it. But my wife has told me a shocking statistic where I think only 40% of businesses really are using online marketing. Only 40%. So what that means is if you use online marketing, you're already ahead of 60% of your competition. Wow. And so, that yeah, so there's huge incredible. opportunities. And then when you're talking about online marketing, there's so many different facets to go into that, right? Like similar to what you were saying. So what are some of the online marketing avenues that you're using to currently market your business? Like different areas of online marketing? At the moment, I say kind of three things. So one, we like to engage with people directly in Messenger and you know, like on LinkedIn and, and Facebook, just directly communicate with people. Like we like the personal touch. Secondly, going on lots of podcasts to get visibility that way. And the third one is referral. Like people who we have made relationships with sending people our way. And so far that has been the foundation we've been able to build our business. And soon we hope to venture into the, the online ad. So you've got this business model. How does this business model not conflict with your law practice? Because on one hand, well, I can make XYZ dollars per hour to do this practice, or I can give away my stuff at a low price and try to get the masses. It seems to me like there's a conflict. So are you still running a law office and this business simultaneously? And how do you do it? That's probably been the source of my greatest challenge. So you nailed it on the head. It's hard to focus on two things. It's been difficult, but I have noticed just trying to promote the, we only try to promote the, the legal coaching. That's all we try to promote. And yet we didn't have people always coming in, oh, can you help with this legal issue, this legal issue? Uh, and we always try to clarify, like, no, two separate businesses, but okay, here's how you can reach a the lawyer if you want. So that has really helped grow the legal business. And there's still, I think there will always be a need for legal services, and I don't plan to, to kill that side off. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep hiring more people and uh, grow the team so that there's always a need for the one-on-one tailored services, but I think everybody will need to have be supported also by legal coaching. That's going to, I think, would be the ideal legal situation for everybody. And is it mostly legal coaching that you're referring to, or do you do besides that? Like, is there anything besides legal coaching that you do? I mean, how, how do people get find out, hey, I need that template? You know, that's the thing to me, right? I don't know what I don't know. So I would know that I need to have a privacy policy on my website. That's where legal coaching comes in. It really is that, that education process, inspiration, all these things, which most lawyers aren't able to engage in because they're, they're trying to focus on the hourly billing or just, you know, helping one client at a time. So I, I just love it. I, I, I'm completely all in on this to, to understand the, the benefits for everyone with this, with the legal coaching. What are some of the biggest, you know, maybe the three biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to legal issues? Mistake number one, and this is a big one, and, and this is everybody is 
often, like 90% of the time I look at contracts even, they have what I call the identity crisis, and they get the wrong parties in the contract. You, they, like if you have an LLC, you sign as yourself. Like that's a big no-no. You have the LLC so that you are not going to be personally liable and on the hook. And so many people get that wrong, don't know how to sign the contract as an officer, let's say, of the LLC or an officer of the company rather than as an individual. Or they might say or sign as owner. And again, the point to have your LLC is so that you are not on the hook as an owner. You want just the LLC to sign and you're doing it as the officer. So that's the, a major mistake. And uh, similar to this is when you're acting, when you're doing stuff as your business, you need to make sure you are actually doing it as your business. And I, even with trademarks, I see all the time where people file trademarks and they do it as themselves individually not and don't file it in the name of their business that's actually using the trademark. And that could lead to problems, potentially loss of the trademark registration. So it, it, it's important to make sure to have these identities straight. And, and this just, again, it's most of the problems I, I see is this. And if I just add the last, maybe the third problem would be dealing with the wrong people. Just period. You can have a good <laughs> contract in the world, but if you're dealing with the wrong person, it's over. And it's so interesting. interestingly, most of the people who give my clients the hardest times almost always end up being someone with a personality disorder or, or seems to be. So how can people get in touch? You've given us so much great wisdom today. We thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you? How can they participate in your program? Well, as I said, I like personal touch. So you can, I am the only Jay Razook on the planet as far as I know. So you can find me at Facebook, LinkedIn, love to connect with you. Or you could go to ProScaleLegal.com. If, um, our website's kind of in flux. We're, we're making some changes, need to revamp it. But that's where you could always go to find us. Well, thank you very much. You listen to KHS 1220 98.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.